Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. Hi, Em. I don't know how it took me this long, but I just now for the first time watched Julia Fox's apartment tour right before we started recording. And I think I just need a few minutes to talk about it. Arc Digest tour one though. First of all, if you somehow haven't seen it, we're going to put the link in the description. Go watch it and then come back so we can all talk about it together, even though I think most of you have watched it. I feel like I'm the last person. It's just... I don't know what I was expecting is really the thing because I think a lot of people are blown away by the fact that they you know, thought she was so wealthy. They thought that she would have this very over-the-top apartment and they're kind of blown away by what many are describing as a rather humble apartment. To me, it's not that I ever thought she had this exorbitant amount of wealth. I know she's very relevant, but relevance doesn't always translate directly to money. So it's not like I thought that she was you know, buying a penthouse or anything like that. I just... Um, that you just didn't expect her to have a mouse problem that to her is it a problem that's okay yes. to say <laughs> that's what it was it's I, there's the actual apartment itself there's nothing wrong with it. it's actually a large apartment for the city it's definitely bigger than my apartment it's not that i just yeah i think what it is is like and this isn't right no, this is not right what i'm about to say i'm just being honest if that were me and i had this mouse problem that I hadn't dealt with. And it's actually kind of convenient, her words, because it cleans up the crumbs that my son leaves and while we're sleeping. I just know myself, I would not tell that to a soul. You know, like if somehow I had not gone around to getting, de- dealing with that mice problem, I-, I would take that to my grave. So I think what it is, is, you know, just as she says, maximum transparency in a way that, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm processing this as I'm talking. The, the best part, of the apartment tour. And I'm so happy you waited till now to watch it because the apartment tour in and of itself was like a spectacular experience as a viewer. But to watch you try and not only process it in real time, but figure out a way to talk about the apartment tour in a way that's like appropriate is one of the funniest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Like, <laughs> it is like, just say like it is absolutely insane to be giving an apartment tour and talk about your mouse problem while you then pan to the other side of the kitchen where there's an Hermes box in it. Like those two things don't go together, and that's okay. It's a very confusing. It's, it's a, it, that was one of the craziest videos I've ever seen on the internet. 
I am shook to my core. You've had more time to process this. I literally just watched this 30 seconds ago. I, I <laughs> Clearly there was something. You knew clearly something was preventing you from being able to watch this until the last minute because I, everyone has been talking about this for days. And just before we started recording, you were like, I guess I should probably finally watch this Julia Fox apartment tour before we start recording. Like, do you think it's worth watching? And I was like, you still have not watched this apartment tour. So clearly there was something like physically blocking you from viewing this after seeing everybody on the internet talking about this for days. I guess there was something preventing me from watching it. I think, you know, part of it is what was going on, but part of it is also just the way she talks about everything (laughs) that I can't get enough of. She has just curated a brand that could never be explained. Like, talk about something that would send a Victorian child into a coma, Julia Fox. Not even the apartment tour, not even any specific incident, just like her in it of herself would send a Victorian child into a coma. I feel like she's sending me into a coma. I'm so fascinated by her existence and this apartment tour gave what it needed to give to continue this fascination. I would have done anything, anything for that interview mag article that she did following the Kanye date at Carbone, I would have done anything for that to have said like very subtly, like, and Kanye came back to my apartment and he had cleaned out my closet and he had put all of these dresses in for me. And like, obviously at the time of reading that article, we wouldn't have thought anything about Kanye going to Julia Fox's apartment. And then for this apartment tour to have dropped and us to have put those pieces together. Obviously in the article, we then realized she had said hotel room, not apartment. So it completely changes everything. But what would you have done for that incident to have taken place at Julia Fox's apartment? Well, Twitter just would have been on absolute fire because already it is. I mean, the first thing I did after I watched it was I searched on Twitter, Julia Fox apartment, or someone says, baby, that Julia Fox apartment tour, it ain't no way I'm going to be rich and living with Stuart Little and the crew. (laughs) (laughs) Julia Fox deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for her apartment tour. Julia Fox was right. That tour of her apartment really did make me feel better. The mice in Julia Fox's NYC apartment when it hears the platform boots stomping down the hallway. (laughs) No, I'm losing it. These are so good. (laughs) Oh, my God. Twitter is killing me. Kanye walking into Julia Fox's apartment. It's the Hillary Clinton meme. My biggest concern about the Julia Fox apartment tour is the lack of couch. I need a place to hang out that isn't my bed. You know, that was one of my takeaways. Just because it wasn't like she didn't have the space. It was a a stylistic choice. She turned what would have been her bedroom into a playroom for her son. And so then she made what would be the living room, her bedroom, which I can commend. But I also agree having a couch is important to me, if if (laughs) space permits. What? (laughs) This one, this one. Julia Fox got on TikTok to show us her very dirty apartment and then told us she has mice she's not evicting. And I honestly just don't understand that type of oversharing. That's what I was saying. I'm not even shaming her for having the mice. I'm more so impressed that she's telling everyone. I cannot stop reading Twitter. I could sit here literally all day and read everyone's tweets about this. Yeah. She is just, there's no one like her. There is absolutely, good or bad, I don't know what it is, but there is just, she is one of a kind. Oh my God. Yeah. No, there really, there really is no one like her. I don't even know how we got there. It's just, maybe we should start watching things right before we start recording more often because it doesn't get more authentic than this. I do like the energy that we bring into that. You like the energy we've created in the studio? I, I really do. Um. Em. 
so Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So kind of the theme for today's episode is there aren't any major stories to really anchor us. It's a lot more just bits and pieces of things we're interested in and want to discuss thrown together. Not ideal. Typically, we prefer when there's a few major things going on, but we're rolling with it. You can control the content you get. And so I would like to begin with a prediction, which in order to fully understand, we have to backtrack to last Thursday, Harry Styles' show in LA, which had the celebrities come out in droves notably Jennifer Aniston in attendance. This happened to be the show that he bent down and ripped his pants at. So I'm sure you've all seen this. It's gone very viral. We can put some links in the description in case you haven't. Anyway, all of this to say, I would like to make the formal prediction that at some time throughout this year, Harry Styles and Jennifer Aniston are going to hook up, most likely not publicized. I don't believe we will ever see paparazzi photos of them together. And honestly, it will probably never even be formally reported, but I would be willing to bet money that at some time throughout this year, there will be minimally a one-night stand. Minimally a one-night stand. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they had hooked up previously. I got to say, though, I could see this being like a full-blown relationship. Like I could see this being his next person. Obviously, in my dream world, I would absolutely live for that. And we know that she's very much his type. The reason that I can't foresee that ever happening has nothing to do with him. It's more so I don't think at this stage of her career – 
This is the kind of attention she wants. You know, in the past, I think she's been frustrated by being not necessarily defined by her relationships, but that at times overshadowing her work, which is a, a frustration I think a lot of women in Hollywood experience. But specifically, if Jen Addison were to date Harry Styles, that would blow any Olivia Wilde publicity out of the water. And I just don't think that's the kind of thing that Jen Addison is looking for at this point. I see. I I don't think it's what she's looking for either in theory. But I do think that the way that Jennifer Aniston lives her life and the privacy that she's been able to achieve despite the massive amount of fame that she has is something that could continue even if she was dating Harry. Like, of course, there would be a ton of attention on the relationship. Of course, it would be the sort of thing where, you know, she couldn't walk out of the house and just walk down the street and be left alone. But she couldn't anyway. And the difference is between an Olivia Wilde situation and a Jennifer Aniston situation is that I think that their approach to the relationship would be entirely different. Also keeping in mind that it's not like Jennifer Aniston, if they hypothetically were to date, would be dating Harry off of a huge, you know, suspected cheating scandal. It would just be a progression of a relationship, which is already a completely different type of media attention. Okay, but in terms of your first argument, which is like she's Jennifer Aniston, she can't leave her house anyway and not get photographed, I don't entirely agree with that because they always say, you know, it's the people that want to get photographed get photographed, meaning I am sure that Jennifer Aniston on any given Sunday is going to some very ritzy farmer's market around where she lives and she's not getting photographed every time. I think at a certain point, there's like this mutual understanding that occurs. It's only if she were to then be dating Harry Styles, which is maybe one of the most like pop culturally relevant things that could ever happen that then probably her every move would be traced. Whereas now I don't think it's like that for her. I really don't think about it. You never see random paparazzi photos for her. Just like you never see random paparazzi photos of, you know, Julia Roberts, but who do you see? Ben Affleck and JLo, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner. You see Jennifer Gardner because of everything going on with Ben Affleck. It's so much more so in my opinion, from what we see, not only the people that want to be taken like you know, the Kardashians, for example, but also people that have very relevant things going on in their personal lives at the time. You know, it's interesting. Like, I almost feel like in LA, there's this automatic assumption of if you are famous and you leave the house, you will be photographed. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you walk out of your house on any given day and you are extremely famous, if you are JLo and Ben, if you are Harry Styles, there will be a photographer there. The only thing is, is that considering the way that LA works also is if you don't want to be photographed, you won't be. If you get in your car and you enter through a back entrance and you leave through a back entrance and you're never on the street and that is just not how you choose to live your life, you will not be photographed. And so if Jennifer Aniston was walking down Rodeo, there's no chance in the entire world that there wouldn't be a paparazzi shot. If she was walking out of Giorgio Baldi, it's not like the paparazzi are like, oh, sorry, Miss Aniston, you go right ahead. We won't take a picture of you. It's not that. If she were to leave the house, if she were to be in a grocery store, there would be a picture released. She has just figured out how to live her life in a way that gives her the maximum amount of privacy. And I think that if she wanted to continue to do that, she would continue to figure out a way to do that. Yes, she totally would. And let's say, hypothetical world, her and Harry kind of start seeing each other and it's a month or two and they're only going out to eat you know, through the back entrance of these restaurants, having a private room, only going to members, only places. They've really figured out the system, which many people in Hollywood do. There are so many dinners you will never find out about because it happens in this way. I think they could get away with it for a little while. 
But eventually, the second even that first source mentions something to people, forget about it. Absolutely fucking forget about it. And I just don't know if that's the type of attention she wants. Because if you're actually dating someone, like full-blown, they would be boyfriend and girlfriend. Eventually, your daily routine, no matter how famous you are, may include things that would be seen to the public. So I just think it is so much more probable for them to have this like really underground hookup going on for a little while than to ever be dating where they're actually going out formally. But like my mind, the second I saw those photos, it just hit me of like, why have we never considered this? Pretty much everything we know about Harry Styles is that Jennifer Aniston is his ideal type. We know for a fact, as he said on the Ellen show, that she was his first ever celebrity crush. And then for her, she's very much in this phase of her life where she's like, I am doing what makes me happy and only what makes me happy. And I'm not saying he's her type, but I can't necessarily imagine Harry Styles in a little rendezvous not making you happy. Okay, here's the thing though. When you think about it that way and you remove the media circus, the paparazzi, what could be, what could happen if they started dating, just the two of them as individuals based on what you know about both of them, couldn't you see it being more than just a hookup? No, I absolutely could. If none of this was a factor, I could totally see them getting along royally and having a very fruitful relationship. <laughs> the issue is what that she's made it <laughs> the issue is that she's made it very clear, you know, having children is not something she's going to do in this lifetime. I think he has expressed previously it's something that he does want. I don't see this being something that lasts long-term, one because of the difference of the stages in their lives and also because of that factor. So, I don't know if like as they would say, if the juice is worth the squeeze for her, you know, if this isn't really going somewhere, if this isn't going to be her official person, is it worth the hype that it would create? Especially because like, if we go back to, you know, even him and Olivia Wilde, one of the things we said is his fans were brutal to her, you know, cheating allegations aside, anything to do with Jason Sudeikis, his fans were brutal to her as they would be to anyone that he dates. And I just don't think that Jennifer Aniston, one of the most beloved actresses of our generation needs to deal with angry Harry Styles fans in her DMs. Like, I just, yes, you could say she's totally above it. She wouldn't care. It's not that she would care. It's not that it's making her reevaluate her self-worth. I just don't think it's the type of thing she needs to be bothered with at this phase of her life. Yes. And of course, when you have somebody like Harry Styles and the fans that he has, there are always going to be fans that are angry at a relationship just for the sole fact that that person is in a relationship. But the level of support from his fans would be entirely different than with Olivia. And you can already see based on the way that Twitter responded to him ripping his pants in front of her, where it's like, oh my God, Harry Styles ripped his pants in front of Jennifer Aniston, his first celebrity crush. Like, I'm so sad for him. Like, I know that he's miserable doing that. Like, I know how badly he likes her. Like, he wanted to impress her. Like, on and on and on, all of the ways that Harry Styles fans overreact to things like that. However, there is, um, amongst all of these tweets, this general understanding of like, this is embarrassing for him and we understand that fact. Like there is an understanding of the way that that relationship would work by Harry's fans, if that makes sense. I understand. Like, they would be far more supportive of that based on the fact that they already know the way that Harry feels about her. No, I hear you. Which, by the way, it's a hilarious rabbit hole that we're even going down, like trying to understand the general vibe that his fans would have towards this union based on the way that they reacted to his pants splitting at his concert where she was in attendance. Like, holy shit, that's a mouthful. I get it. This whole thing is a little bit out of the realm of feasibility at the moment. I just would like to say that that is my formal prediction that again, 
we may never feel validated by because we may never find out about it. And the other thing that's funny about this is, remember how we were talking about with Pete and Kim, like what their first message was, and she kind of told us on one episode, or Abbott Elementary, when we were talking about the first DM interaction and kind of looking at that now after they'd won the Golden Globe. Talk about the first text interaction between the two of them. Not to say it hasn't happened yet. For all we know, they could be friends. But the first interaction that signaled something was a little bit different. I don't know. I can't explain to you how much I have this in my head of them being a thing. Like I have already fully convinced myself that like their relationship is inherently flirty. I have never seen them interact, I don't think. I've never seen a video of it. I have no proof. But the way that I view the two of them in my head is that from right off the bat, their relationship is just inherently sexual already. (laughs) But that's like also entirely our perception of it. But also I think that that's accurate. Not necessarily sexual. I just feel like even in the most platonic interaction, there is a slight undertone of flirtation or possible mutual attraction. Here's my thing. For having never met either of them and for really not knowing, I feel like I know their personalities. Like I feel like I know the way that they flirt. I can literally in my head hear Jennifer Aniston jokingly, flirtatiously, but platonically calling Harry like baby or something. And I just, I, I can't get it out of my head. Like I just think that they would be, I think that they would make sense in a way that I I can't properly put into words. And I will never move on from this idea now because I have it so in my head, even though the only basis of it is her being at his concert, him saying that she was his first celebrity crush and what we know about Harry Styles' type to be. No, I hear you, Julie. It's never leaving my head either, which honestly is probably more of a curse than it is a blessing because like I said, I would be really surprised if we ever got actual proof or any validation of this theory. But yeah, when you said the thing about her jokingly but flirtatiously or calling him baby, yes. Like I immediately go back to when they were on that Zoom for Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Brad Pitt comes on the screen and she's like, hey, Pitt. I don't know why, but it's just I'm taking that exact kind of tone and then transferring it into a hey, baby, and it's Harry Styles on the end. Fuck That's exactly, exactly what I was thinking of. The way that I feel about it also is like I understand everything that you were saying before about the media circus and the commotion of it. But in reality, it's not like when Harry and Olivia were dating, they were walking down the street and getting swarmed every single day. They stayed relatively indoors, private, unseen. It was when they were in the city or when they had a red carpet event that things were really amplified. But For the most part, it's not like it created this unlivable life for the two of them. And so I think that – I just think that that can't be a factor for Harry and Jen. Like I just think that they would navigate it. And I also feel that at this point in Jennifer Aniston's career and life and relationships, like I can just see her wanting to like sit back, relax, and like – have a piece of cake. You know what I mean? Like, just enjoy it. Enjoy your little Harry Styles. You're telling me, obviously, my absolute dream is for her to lean into it and say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do this. And they don't do the whole behind the scenes route. They show up at Giorgio Baldi and they're walking out of Nobu Malibu with Scott trailing closely behind. Like, (laughs) that is exactly what I would... I know we say it a lot, like, I would lose my mind over that. I would die for that. Maybe we overuse that. I'm sorry. We are just inherently enthusiastic people. Really, it's how we are all the time. 
That is actually the definition of I would lose my fucking mind. And you guys, by the way, I don't know if anyone's taking us seriously enough to actually understand what this could be like. So let me just paint you a picture. Okay. You're sitting on your couch with your friend. I don't know if it's a random Sunday, let's say. And all of a sudden your friend gets the TMZ notification. Jennifer Aniston and Harry Styles seen cuddly in car outside of LA hotspot Erewhon. And your friend reads it to you and you think like they're obviously fucking with you and potentially filming you for a TikTok prank. You then get the same notification, not from TMZ, this time from, let's say, Entertainment Tonight. And you are just sitting there in silence, looking at your phone, texting everyone you know, going on Twitter, seeing these paparazzi photos go absolutely viral and saying to yourself, holy fuck, we are in the golden ages of pop culture. Like, what? Uh, actually, I can't handle this. Like, I, I'm not kidding. Like, this is making it so much worse because what started out as like a little bit of an innocent fantasy that I knew would become an obsession is now like I, I, I'm not sure how to like move on from this topic. Like, the way that I was picturing it when you were just saying like you get a TMZ notification, I was picturing it as it being one of those pop culture events that happen when you're out and everybody is talking about it at the same time. So like, I will never forget when Tom Hanks got COVID and I was sitting out at a restaurant and every single person was looking at their phone. Everybody was talking about it. You were walking down the streets and every single person was saying, oh my God, did you hear about Tom Hanks? He has COVID. Everybody was like, oh my God, this is the moment that it's real. That is the wave that I'm predicting happening when like you're out in public and the TMZ notification of like Jennifer Aniston and Harry Styles seen kissing at a bar and like in the Hollywood Hills. Like, am no, I'm 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 too overwhelmed right now to even continue to talk about this. It's almost the kind of thing where like, I actually think my dad would maybe understand the magnitude if we were with him when it broke. You know? Yeah. The way that I feel now is exactly what you were describing the other day about like when you have a dream and then you wake up and you're like, wait, I wasn't having sex with that person. Like this is Ugh. so deeply upsetting. That's how I feel right now. Like I feel that post wake up from a dream disappointment. I know this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, but if I were lucky enough to have this platform, I genuinely need advice. I'm not kidding. What do you do when you wake up from a dream and it's relatively recurring and you are so deep in a scenario that does not exist in real life to the point where you're waking up every single day deeply disappointed. I obviously know how to like go on with my day, but are there any immediate fixes that anyone has found to cure yourself of that like initial deep disappointment that almost causes you to not want to get out of bed? In this particular scenario, it's like sexual, but it doesn't have to be. It can be really anything. I would really love advice because Julie, I didn't even tell you this. Like even when you're not here, this has been every single day. It's happened to me every single night this week. I don't have anything for you. Like I don't, I don't, I told you, I, I, I know exactly the feeling. I think it is one of those things that is entirely universal. I think what, no matter what it is, sexual, some other sort of fantasy to wake up and be disappointed that it wasn't real is just something that we have all experienced at one time or another, or on a very consistent basis during a phase. I, 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 I don't know how to combat that feeling other than to, I, you know, it's almost easier to combat that feeling. You know, when you have a, a, a really scary dream, or like a really terrible dream and you wake up and you have to remind yourself, you're like, okay, it didn't happen. This is not reality. Like you almost go through a checklist every morning. Like you're like, okay, I can feel that I'm sitting here. I can feel what reality is. That was a dream, whatever. I don't know how to do the reverse of that, which is like, bring yourself back to fantasy. That's exactly what I'm saying. I've I've actually mastered the first one you were just mentioning, like my PTSD around 
sickness and my parents' health and stuff is so severe that I've actually got that down to a science. It's the opposite where it's like, how do you go then back in to, or not? I don't know if anyone has any tips and tricks, please let a girl know. Cause I'm dealing with it right now. Julie's not, but it could be next week that it's you. And we'll be happy to have these on hand. The only thing I can say is like attempt to fall back to sleep, but I can never do that either. Yeah. I... Anyway, guys, so if you're on board, which you don't have to be, but if you are on board with this Harry Jen Addison thing, I guess let's all get to manifesting and just know that we may never experience the true validation of seeing it happen. But to know that maybe 20 years down the line, Jen Addison will be on Watch What Happens playing Plead the Fifth and we'll get a little hint of it. That's motivation enough for me. This is going to be the thing that I have to wake up tomorrow and then try and get myself. I was going to say. I'm not kidding. Fuck a guy. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just <laughs> gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which... I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. (music) 
So as we all know, Michael B. Jordan hosted SNL this Saturday, and in his monologue, he referenced for the first time ever his breakup from Lori Harvey, and also that photo of him that went viral where everyone said he looked sad, which was just interesting because it was really the first time he's ever acknowledged either of those two things. But he starts out by saying, I just directed my first movie, Creed Three, But right after that, I went through my very first public breakup. Now, most people after a breakup are like, I'm going to get in better shape, but I was already in Creed shape. So I had to be like, all right, I guess I'll learn a new language. Anyway, Estoy and Raya, which for anyone unfamiliar, Raya is this kind of exclusive dating app where you have to be added to a wait list and accepted. And it was initially marketed as kind of a dating app for celebrities. And since then, it's kind of like a dating app for blue checks is how I would describe it. You definitely do not need to be a celebrity. Anyway, I don't know how you felt about this, but for me, there was just something about him saying the words Raya that felt far too normal. Do you think he's actually on? Yeah, I actually do. Like, I'm not saying he still is, but I totally think he did a stint on it. Him saying Raya really took me out. Him talking about the breakup in general I was kind of crazy to me. I did not expect him to bring it up. So for him to bring it up in his SNL monologue took me out. And then to hear him say that he's on Raya, even if it's joking, even if it was 100% he's never even opened the app, there was just something about that where I was like, I'm not going to make it right now. By the way, fun fact about Raya, let's say two or so years ago when that video went viral on TikTok of that woman saying that she had matched with Ben Affleck on Raya and he sent her you know, photos to prove that it was him, that same woman is now engaged to Jason Nash of the Vlog Squad. That is a crazy put together moment. Yeah, which I know you either heard that and had three reactions. One, holy shit. Two, I have no idea who that is. Three, I already knew that. But if you fall in the number one category, I'm I'm happy that we relate. The sentence, the woman that exposed Ben Affleck for being on Raya is now engaged to vlog squads Jason Nash is like a tweet that's like none of those words are in the Bible. Right. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's a life comes at you fast moment. You know what it has the same energy of just in terms of connection? Mm. Alex Earl's stepmom being the woman from the Elliot Spitzer scandal. Yes, yes. Amazing analogy, Julie. And that's the thing about TikTok. You know for a fact, you can't say what the connection is going to be, but you know that there will be one drawn and you will be mind blown. Any really random connection like that really gets me. Right. And not just the world is so small, but specifically Hollywood is so small, which is a concept we talk about constantly. Also... This is not a story, but just because we would be remiss to not mention it. Michael B. Jordan was on Jimmy Fallon and he was in this black Prada sweater with this diamond chain. Like, fuck me up in a serious way. I have not stopped thinking about Michael B. Jordan in that diamond chain for one single second. And the funniest part about it is that I know you know that because every single time I bring it up to you, I go, Michael B. Jordan in that diamond chain and you go with the Prada shirt. Like it is such an important aspect for you. And I was like, I don't blame you. I'm like, yeah, you're right. How could I forget the black Prada shirt with it? It makes the whole outfit, the two things combined. But it just goes to show you, you know, people's eyes really gravitate towards different things. Because to me, it was the Prada shirt that put it over the edge. For you, it was the diamond chain. And that's what makes the world go around. And the combination of the two was just... <laughs> I keep thinking about the conversation we had about Michael B. Jordan, where we're like, is he boring? Like, fucking prove to me that you're not boring. Like, I'm willing to take you for a test drive. And I cannot stop thinking about that. Like, I am just going to continue to spread rumors that you are the most boring man alive until you come and prove me otherwise. I so respect your tactic. And if if you're going to use a little reverse psychology here, I'm 
of course I'm your number one fan. I am just still not subscribing to that narrative. I don't think he's boring. I actually think he's quite charismatic. Okay. I I don't know. I mean, like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced yet. And what's it going to take to convince you? Hmm? <laughs> Literally one night. Like, I'm not even asking for that much. I'm you not even need like, a night. You don't even need like, a night. You're, you're fine with the lunch. You're fine with the coffee. By the way, you're fine with a wave. 20 minutes. Yeah. A wave. I would, a wave would satisfy me from now until the day I died. You're right. Oh my God. That's funny. Also, an update on the TJ Holmes-Amy Roback situation. Statement via ABC, quote, After several productive conversations with Amy and TJ about different options, we all agreed it's best for everyone that they move on from ABC News. We recognize their talent and commitment over the years and are thankful for their contributions. Via the New York Times, quote, The network did not elaborate on the conditions and the specific circumstances of the anchor's exit. Representatives of the anchors and the network had entered mediation on Thursday and negotiations continued into Friday. A representative for Mrs. Roback and Mr. Holmes declined to comment. But they've still been seen together, you know, on multiple occasions since the affair broke and seemingly they're going strong. I still am surprised by this decision, but at this point it it seemed inevitable. Yeah, and I feel like I'm surprised by the decision, but I do think that ABC is probably in a position now where it has less to do with the relationship between each other and more about protecting themselves what could possibly come out about different things with TJ. Don't you feel like that's the direction it was headed in? Not necessarily, meaning, of course, that would be a totally valid reason for his departure if any of those allegations were true, of course. But I actually think even that aside, this particular instance just got to the point where even probably for them, it was no longer mutually desirable. It became so little about their actual craft. Like in this whole process, people forgot what they did for a living. You know what I mean? And I don't think that obviously ABC wanted that, but I think at this point, probably they didn't want it either. Right. It's also like in the immediate aftermath of a scandal like this breaking, obviously everybody is tuning in to see the situation between the two of them. Like, of course, everyone's response to this was, how are you going to take them off the air when your numbers are about to skyrocket? Which would be true for a couple of weeks after. And then I think once the scandal becomes a little less of a scandal and a little bit more of a commonplace relationship and you know what they have going on just becomes the norm again, the viewers that were only tuning in to see what they were like in the immediate aftermath of this are going to fall off again. And so I can't say that keeping them on air would be a terrible decision, that their numbers would you know, do terrible things if they were to keep them on. No, that's obviously not the case. But you can't say that if they were to keep them on, the numbers would skyrocket and consistently stay like that. No, not at all. I mean, initially, I think that it was unanimously or primarily regarded as a mistake. At this point, I think you know, it, it makes sense now. It was headed in that direction. It's not shocking anyone in the way that it was initially. You know, the next move for them is a podcast together, right? You think they will? Oh, I would be, I would be surprised if they didn't do some sort of venture together. And a podcast would really work for them because it can be limited where they can kind of capitalize on this, both coming off of the relationship, people tuning in to see their chemistry, but also people who feel like this decision from ABC was very wrong and want to support them. A podcast isn't like a, it doesn't have to be so permanent. They can really capitalize on the heat of the moment. And then when they decide they're done with it, there goes the podcast. Well, also the thing about a podcast is that one of the main aspects of making it successful is the chemistry between the hosts. Like 
how authentic that feels. And I, I mean, clearly there's some chemistry. They, they have chemistry for yeah. sure. There's one thing they have, it's chemistry. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's dot com promo code CELEBS. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Not a hell of a lot going on in the world of Kardashian this week, but one thing we did want to discuss just because it so perfectly represents a concept we frequently talk about with Kim and Kanye and their parenting. Backstory to this is there was that incident between Kanye and the paparazzi this last week where they had a little bit of an argument. It escalated to the point of him throwing and breaking her phone. Anyway, I'm sure you guys all saw the paparazzi photos of Kim with Tristan going to North's basketball game. She's kind of in biker shorts, a jersey, and like this long braid with giant sunglasses. And on the way out, she's walking in front with her kids, kind of getting them into the car. And this paparazzi asks her, you know, Kim, what do you think about Kanye's incident with the paparazzi throwing her phone? And Kim looks at him dead in the eye and says, do not talk to me about that in front of my kids. And it was just such a prime real-time example of what she constantly talks about of, you know, anything going on bad in the press with Kanye, she makes such a conscious effort to really shield her kids from that. And, you know, that was a moment where like her control was breaking because it wasn't in the confines of her own home. She was out in the wild. Someone was saying that to her. She couldn't protect her kids from it. And you just saw her really maintain calmness, but like immediately set that boundary. I can't imagine how stressful it must be for her to have to live every single day on the defensive about what could seep into her children's mind and understanding of their parent. Like that is such a stressful thing to have to literally wake up every single day and say like, and listen, as a parent, I I believe that you kind of wake up every single day thinking like, how do I protect my kid today? Like there is so much going on in the world. There are so many stressful things. I think it is like an incredibly stressful time to be a parent. And so all of that exists 
whether you're a celebrity or not, just as a normal parent, that stress of the world. But I just thinking about Kim in this particular instance, cannot imagine the stress of every single day having to wake up and be like, okay, how do I protect my kids from finding out this piece of information about their father that is inevitably going to be in the news today? No. And you could tell, you know, one thing Kim always talks about is how she'll never complain about being famous. So all of the parts of fame that could be considered negative, and even if she personally believes them to be negative, she'll never publicly speak about that. And this was one of those moments where she'll never complain about the paparazzi. She knows that they are absolutely vital and have been vital to getting her to where she is. But I think this was a moment where if she was being interviewed and asked about it, she would cite something like this of, you know, I make such a conscious effort and I work so hard in my home to protect my children and to hold up their view of their father at this young age. You know, and then when we're out in the world, something like this occurs. Like this is the one time that I think even she would admit is a negative side effect of fame. Oh, of course. And I also think that she, if she was really examining fame itself and her relationship with the media and the paparazzi and fame, and she was really trying to say like, I'm, I wanted this life. I maintain that I want this life and my kids didn't get a choice in this life, but it ultimately benefits them in ways that they couldn't even fathom. If I'm really looking at what am I so upset about in this situation, it's the fact that Kanye has continually acted in a way that has made this relationship with the public and the media and the paparazzi even able to exist. Oh, of course. I think she has so much pent up frustration towards him for so many different reasons. Not only things that he's done to her and her family specifically, but also just the way that he's interacted with the world and some of the grotesque behavior he's displayed. But this was just, it's rare that we get an example like this of her setting that boundary in real life, in real time, because typically her kids are so protected from that. And this was a moment where she didn't have control over it. So Again, I'm not glad it happened, of course, but if it was to happen, I'm glad that at least it got filmed for us to be able to see that happen in real time. Oh, same. But also, and this is not any sort of defense of Kanye or the way that he acts, but there is clearly, clearly boundary issues with paparazzi that need to be addressed. The fact that even paparazzi asked Kim about that in front of her kids is entirely inappropriate in the first place. Like, there's there's clearly a continual pattern of behavior with paparazzi and the boundaries that they, you know, step beyond and not just with Kim and the kids, just in general with photographing kids. It's a lot of stuff, but it is something that clearly needs to be addressed as well. No, of course, there's a lot of issues with it. The last thing that I wanted to mention Kardashian-wise is Kim posts this Instagram, three photos of herself. The first is blurry. She makes the caption, when life gets blurry, adjust your focus, which did seem pretty Pinteresty. And then Chicks in the Office posted that as slide one. And then slide two, a screenshot of the Google search captions for blurry pictures. And that's number two, when life gets blurry, adjust your focus. And they caption it, Kim is better than Googling her captions. And I was like, Yes, this this personally hurts me. This is the type of shit I hate when she does. <laughs> Someone DM'd it to us, the chicks in the office post, and said, Emma must be dying right now from this. <laughs> it just kills me. It's like, come on. Sometimes we have to just accept that like Kim is a little bit millennial chuggy. Not always, not consistently, but our girl has her moments. You looked at me last week and you were like, Honestly, the most impressive thing about Kim is that she has gotten to where she is and she still maintains the duck face with the peace signs. Yes. 
Yes. Like, even look at the picture. It's like her, Oprah, and J-Lo, and she's duck-faced peace-siding it up. She is literally in prison reform doing some of the most important work, and she is literally duck-faced peace-side up. She will not abandon that. I mean, talk about not forgetting your roots. No, it's so true. And can I tell you something else that really makes me laugh? Hmm. Kim posted from the 25 years of Anastasia Beverly Hills party. Like I'm sure everybody has seen the pictures of her and JLo and Oprah and everybody else that was there. Heidi Klum, Sophia Vergara, Cindy Crawford. It was a whole event, of course, but also a confusing event because it was also Oprah's birthday. So some people thought it was Oprah's birthday party. It wasn't. However, when Kim posted the next day after the party and posted a Insta story for Oprah for her birthday and captioned it something like, as Sharon Stone said last night, like perfectly in her toast to you, Oprah, like you mean the world to the world. And I looked at that and I was like, oh my God, like relax, Kim, like showing off a little bit. Right. Well, when I saw it the first time, I thought that it was Oprah's birthday dinner that she was at. As you said, you then realize it's Anastasia Beverly Hills' 25 year anniversary that they had a cake for Oprah because it's also her birthday. But I know, I was like, whoa, this feels like a major mic drop moment. Like, why is it still cool to me when Kim gets invited to things with people like Oprah? And I guess Oprah's a bad example because I don't think that there's anybody that could be invited to an event with Oprah or want to wish Oprah publicly a happy birthday to, you know, and it be some sort of a mutual understanding or respect or friendship. Like, I don't think there's anybody that has accomplished that except for maybe Gail, where I wouldn't think that that's somehow like noteworthy or cool. But there was just something about Kim saying it that had very like freshman at the senior party wishing the cool senior girl a happy birthday. Yes. And you know something? I love that we still view it that way. Because at this point, it's so far from that. But somehow these moments can bring you back. And I actually think that's healthy. If I'm Anastasia Beverly Hills, I'm like taking, first of all, by the way, I love when somebody becomes their brand. Like you aren't, you, you don't have a last name to me. Your last name is Beverly Hills. Anyways, I love for her that that's how Oprah chose to spend her birthday. Like how'd that happen? I know. I thought you were going to say, I love for her, her eyebrow gel. Cause same. I do love for, I love for me, her eyebrow gel. Yeah. (laughs) I love for me, her eyebrow gel as well. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it. Okay, I think so too. We love you guys. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. And we'll be back later this week for the bonus show. And as well, I will see you for Bravo. 